I feel like your first like experience with a girl is like way more dramatic than it needs to be. Thousand percent. Uh-huh. Like I like actually experienced heartbreak now and I'm like really that was <laughs> lovey. <laughs> that was child's play. <laughs> that was a crush. Welcome back to Made It Out. I'm here with Maddie Zom. Hi. Many of you probably know her from her music that is blown up in the recent years, but if you don't, it's incredible. It's honest. She talks about things like body image, queerness, mm. religious struggles, yeah. and we've asked her here today to share about her journey to loving herself and her body. Yeah. Hi. I'm Hi, so excited welcome. to be here. This I'm is so gonna be so happy fun. Here. We're just going to dive right in. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> Tell me about your childhood. Oh my goodness. Childhood was honestly pretty like stereotypical. I was raised pretty heavily in the church, but my parents were like the cool parents of the church. So they were like the black sheep, I guess. Mm. Um, like they were the like family that would come and watch like Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. If you, wanted, you know what I mean? If you, my parents wouldn't ratchet out kind of thing, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I really love my parents and um, it's been interesting over the years seeing the shift from how I was raised versus like my dynamic with my parents now is very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How heavily involved were you in the church? Oh, um, as deeply as you can. Just in there. <laughs> I, I was really in the church, like worship leader. That was what I was known as in Boise, wow. Idaho. Was like, but I was like in young life as a leader telling people that like I did not believe in homosexuality. Yeah. It's giving closeted, babe. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like I was I had chacos. I had a, a hydro flask. Like I was <laughs> I was listening to Hill Song. I was in it. Yeah. Did yeah. you live in a state where this was like like where did you grow 100%, up? 100%. Yeah, Boise, Idaho. Boise, Idaho. So okay. very religious. Um and specifically my town it was really interesting. Boise's very and I love Boise, Idaho. It's one of my favorite places, but it is very like modern church. Like it's it makes sense why so many people are in the church. Like mm-hmm. they they advertise it really well. And so it was really interesting to be a part of that and like start from we were in the church when it was like just a tent and then it it blew up into this like modern Boise church and it's tricky because they're very good at marketing themselves. Mm -hmm. Very good. Jesus's marketing team. They deserve a raise. (laughs) I said, babes, you better talk to Mary about that because you'll, y'all deserve something. Yeah. It was like that in Texas too. It's like they, and they target just like young life. They target the kind of the cool hip, you know, people. They're like, come, come be with us. Come be part of this. It's like kind of messed up. I I think a lot like back to my middle school experiences, like it's so weird to me that I like wanted to be a part of the, the cool crowd like everybody does in middle school where mm-hmm. you're like, dang, like they're fucking cool. But like for me looking back, it was like the young life crowd. Like that feels so wrong to me that I would look at like the church crowd. Like mm-hmm. in what world should a like youth group like present itself as like, the cool crowd. Like, yeah. Like not everyone is invited in the church there, which right. is so weird. That's a good point. Super strange because you show up and they're like drinking Cokes out of like fucking socks. And like <laughs> the men are like hot and you're like, yeah, I want to be here. Like, who, like who's Jesus Christ? Like I, I'll snuggle up to him. Like what the hell? Like if this is where I'm going to be at every Friday, sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. They really, yeah. Jesus marketing team. I give you all the raises. So at what point did you realize maybe you might be queer? Oh, this is such an interesting question because I I feel like a lot of people, it's like obvious for them, like the moments where they're like, oh, like the closet was glass or like, oh, that was so queer of me kind of thing. But for me, like I really did not have an idea that Mm -hmm. I was queer. And I think part of it was that I just like wasn't, my church was very obsessed with this idea of purity culture, um, which I talk about in my songs. Like I was wearing purity rings when I was like very young. Yeah. Like I begged my father for a purity ring when I was like 15 or 16, which Rob, I stan Rob (laughs) because that man, regardless, all the other dads were like giving their daughters purity rings to like promise that they're going to save themselves from marriage, which is fucking weird. Yeah. My dad literally, I remember I begged him for a purity ring and he literally looks at me and goes, that's creepy. No. 
And I was like, Rob gets it. Like Rob understands yeah. that man knew that like, he's like, that is so sus. Why would I care? like, so I don't right. want to know. And I was like, period. <laughs> but no, I remember, um, we were really obsessed with this like idea of purity and it was seen as very cool to like save yourself for marriage. And I think that because I didn't have any experience with like any like gender or anyone that I just, it, that clock didn't even start. Like I remember they would tell me, Oh my God, I'm just having like a flashback of my pastor. He would say, once you start your clock, it doesn't stop. And it's only a matter of time until you're pregnant. Oh, and I remember that. And as a kid with OCD, are you kidding? <laughs> but I think that for me, I just didn't have any experiences to pull from because I was trying so hard to be pure in right. every aspect that it really wasn't until I was like 22 that I started really like questioning my sexuality because I started dating men and I was like, what is this? Mm. What? <laughs> That's crazy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, I think it, it's been, it's been fairly new, but I don't, it hasn't felt like that. It, it's felt like the right timeline, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. So I want to segue kind of into yeah. some of the body image struggles, um, and what you faced mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. What was some of the messaging that you received around body image mm. and weight? Yeah. Growing up. Oh, a lot of the messaging that I received was from the church and then also just like stuff that my mom had been taught, you know? Mm. Um, and you know, a, a big thing in my life was like wanting to be a wife Um, that was like what I was raised to be. And I think that a part of being a wife is being seen as conventionally attractive. And I was watching all of my peers just be very naturally small women. And not only that, but dating men at 16 and getting married at 18. Like I've been a bridesmaid seven times in my life. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to look back and, and deconstruct where that first started for me that like, that need to be seen and wanted by not only like myself and my family, but also by like men. Mm -hmm. And it just like created this drive in me that like, if I want to be a wife, like I need to be X, Y, Z. And honestly, I thank the universe a lot that I was diagnosed with PCOS and that I gained a bunch of weight during that time because I almost think that it like not protected me, but in a way kind of protected me from, like those shallow men that were, were picking these 16 year olds to be their wife. Like I wonder a lot what would have happened had I have not been seen as like conventionally, like not attractive. And I don't know that my life would be where it's at if I hadn't have had that shield to be able to like form my character and form who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. And now I'm kind of on this weight loss journey and it's been really interesting to like, really think back to that messaging that was so harmful for me. And I, I, I could have been in a world of hurt had I have stayed in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm thinking like what a beautiful way to kind mm. of take something that yeah caused you a lot of pain and look at it as something that's just, it was something, something that protected me. you. Yeah. yeah. That's Cause really I was, I was very like, I was a really good Christian. Like I'm very aware of like, I'm not a half-asser. Like when I am mm-hmm. something, I'm fully it. And mm-hmm. like, I think that I would have been a really good wife. And like, I think I would have been trapped in something that, and and not necessarily, but but like most of the most of the weddings that I like went to like ended in divorce or yeah, like the women not being okay mm-hmm. based on like it just they were not raising good men and. Yeah, it just it's it's weird to it's weird to look back and to know that that like in another universe I lived that life. Right. Um, I grew up in Texas mm-hmm. and it's a lot of a lot of my friends there are already married or have children and yeah. it is a lot of seeking male validation. Yes. And I also grew up with a mom who struggles with eating mm-hmm. a lot, so that's kind of the messaging that I yeah. received of like um, not necessarily toward me, like you aren't small enough, but it was more so she would look at herself in the mirror and yes, she's a size two exactly. and I'm bigger Ugh. than that. And I'm going, oh, wait, but wait if you're yeah. big, then what does that mean about me? Mm-hmm. And so then I think it's just, you internalize that yes. and then you act out of, out of that. Yeah. Um, so it is, 
Yeah. I remember when I like started losing all of my weight was this weird, like obsessive thing where I was like, I need to be seen. I need to be like valued by like people that I like specifically men. Like Mm -hmm. I just needed that validation Mm -hmm. and I felt like shit after every time I was never validated. And it was weird because when I started coming out and like really realizing my sexuality, there was just like such a different feeling that I got after like being with a woman. Like Mm -hmm. it was just, it wasn't this like, I don't know. It was, I mean, it sounds really fucking gay is what it's sounding like, but I just, <laughs> it's, it's weird. A body has affected me like body image it, and it's still like having a song that's called fat, funny friend has been so strange because I have a tendency to talk about things before I'm, before I've really processed them. And mm. I think that's just like a classic song writer thing that like I'll be writing songs to process it and then I'll release it and people will be like oh she gets it like she's gone through it she it's finished mm. and like what people don't know is that like I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing I still struggle with body image like I still have like a weird obsession with losing weight like mm-hmm. I still and that doesn't just go away right. and if anything it like it got worse when I started talking about it publicly yeah like I it did I imagine I was thinking about this yesterday as I'm, you know, kind of preparing for this conversation and I'm thinking about that song and it's like, I can't imagine in my, in my days where I was even worse struggling with my weight and really like down bad with it. If I would have gone viral Uh (laughs) for (laughs) that, that specific portion of me and then had all of this attention Mm -hmm. on me because of something that hurt what was so hurtful to me right I can't imagine what that feels oh. like listen I remember like and I actually haven't really talked about this very much but like I remember when it started blowing up and it was when I was kind of not I wouldn't say that I was like a smaller bodied human but I would say that I had lost a significant amount of weight but I was still living in this weird like world where I would go to order clothes online and they would show up and they would be two X and I would like go to put them on and they wouldn't fit. And it would send me into a fucking spiral Mm. because I just like had no idea what size I was. Like there was no way for me to even comprehend what size. And I still struggle with it. I still don't know what size I am. Like you'll see me walking down and it's, it's not even me trying to like decide whether or not my size is good or bad or anything. It's just like objectively, I wish I was able to look in the mirror and know what I look like. Mm -hmm. There'll be times where I'm like walking down the street and someone will walk next to me and without fail, every time I will look in the window of wherever, just to like size myself up to the person that's walking, just so that I can have like a little idea of what size I am. Yeah. It was really fucking jarring to like have access to people's opinions on your body of whether or not I was fat enough to sing fat, funny friend, whether or not I was too skinny to sing fat, funny friend. And so I had access Mm. to this like portal that like when I wanted to just open the app and have people make comments on my body, like I could just do that. And like that, no one should have access to that. Right. And I dealt with it on a small scale. I can't even imagine what other like people that are blowing up even bigger that have a conversation of body. Like it's just, it's jarring. Yeah. Like I remember the first video that I saw that wrecked me. It was like, you're telling me that a skinny blonde bitch sings this song and like it went viral. And I just remember being like, that is crazy to me because Mm -hmm. I'm still actively being bullied for my weight. Right. I'm still actively, you know what I mean? So it's just this, like, I didn't like, I couldn't find a, a, I I had no idea what I looked like. Yeah. There's no anchor. Yeah. There's no anchor. And and everybody had opinions on both sides. So it was just, it was the most jarring thing that I have. I remember just, I was in a spiral. I was in a spiral. And the only thing that brought me comfort during that time was my eating disorder. So, and that is a terrible thing to say, but it's true. So that's one thing I can control struggle with uh mixture I think that I when I was younger very much binge eating um that was a huge one for me I think you know I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome when I was 19 um and I had gained like 150 pounds or something over a couple years Mm -hmm. um even though I hadn't changed much when I was younger when I was like 16 17 something like that I'm terrible with timelines but (laughs) um 
And I remember no one believed me that I like hadn't changed anything, that I wasn't like eating a bunch. And so I was like, well, shit, if I'm gaining all this weight and my doctors don't believe me and my parents don't believe me and my friends don't believe me, then like, why am I not just fucking eating? Mm -hmm. And then that turned into a binge eating disorder. And then once I started losing weight, it turned into the opposite, like finding control in lack of eating mm -hmm. um, and controlling, feeling in control of myself when I'm not eating because mm -hmm. it feels like something I can, I can hold on to and grasp. And also it's really weird when you spend your whole life losing weight when that is, that's my North star, like mm -hmm. losing weight. That has been my thing. Mm -hmm. Like that is, it's a literal personality trait, not yeah. a personality trait, but it's like, it's an obsession. An obsession. It's mm -hmm. yeah. And like that has been my North star for so long. And now that I'm finally at a place where I like, I'm tired of feeling the need to, to shift and, and trying to find a healthy relationship with food. Like I realized that there was a big, a big why in my life that is missing. Mm -hmm. Like, what am I, if I'm not losing weight, what am I, if I'm not celebrating weight loss? What am I, if I, you know, it's mm -hmm. like a dopamine hit. And at what point, and I, I had to come to this conclusion a couple months ago in therapy, like at some point there is no more weight to lose. And at that point, where does my serotonin come from? Where does my why come from? And that was just like fucking threw me for a loop. And I, it sounds so terrible to talk about it like this because it's, it's, it, I feel ashamed of it because I, I don't want to feel this way. And I don't ever look at other people's bodies and think like, oh, they would just look better if they, or like if somebody was treating my friend like that, the way that I treat myself, oh, I'd throw hands. Right. I'd crip stomp a bitch. Right. Like, absolutely not. But somehow I allow myself to treat myself this way. And it's so right. weird. So, yeah. yeah, it's it. I also struggled with binge eating disorder growing yeah. up. And I think it's something that's, there's not a lot of no. discourse around it. And it is this thing of the way I always looked at it. It was, okay, I'm, it's a control mechanism. Mm -hmm. It's, I'm going to go and eat six boxes of donuts because yeah. after today, I'm never going to eat a donut again. Right. So it's like this, this thing of like, okay, I promise Scarcity I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And so for me, it's been the, the weirdest thing to try to overcome in my mind. The, the fix is not to go on a diet. The no. fix is to give up exactly. the control and say, it's okay to eat one donut because you're going to eat more donuts in your life. And then tomorrow you might have a donut. And then on Wednesday you could yes. have another one. Yes. You know, like there's going to be donuts. But that does not feel no, right. I hear you. It, it doesn't feel right to no. not. Restrict. I hear you. Yes. Because restricting in my mind, if I stop myself from eating a donut now, then I'm never going to have a donut again. Yes. Yes. Which is so ridiculous because never once in my life have I, have I been able to not eat the donut. I know. And never <laughs> once in my life has it been the last donut. Exactly. <laughs> it was never the last donut, you know? So instead of, and like I ruin my time. Yes eating that donut because I'm not even enjoying the fucking donut. Yes. I'm thinking about the fact that I'm never going to have a donut again. Yes. What the fuck? That's not fun. Leave Krispy Kreme. Change your fucking, <laughs> you're, being a, you're being stupid. Yes. Stop. Oh, it's like that no, old Buddhist philosophy that's like, if you're going to steal something, then it's the next best action. You better enjoy what you stole or else yes. then you're you're doing even worse you're by doing, not enjoying it. You oh know, it's God. the same no, type thing. No, for real. <laughs> enjoy the fucking donut. Then enjoy the fucking donut. <laughs> if you're going to have it, enjoy it. Yes. No, literally. Oh, and I don't know why I can't like, it's so weird. I don't know if you experienced this, but it's so weird to be like a very self-aware human being and also make just choices like that, where it's just like, I can pinpoint to you exactly why my behavior is not correct, not healthy and what I need to do to change it. And here I am crying at Krispy Kreme. Doing it. Yep. <laughs> Doing the fucking, it's just so, it's infuriating. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. It's a blind spot that's not totally blind. You just decide to make it blind. Oh, it's, yeah. It's given, I'm going to close my eyes, babe. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, it's so, because my friends will talk to me. This is the funniest thing about my personality. And I, I will give such good advice. Like my friends, I can literally pick apart your problem. No problemo. I can, I can absolutely give you a word document of what your situation is, how to handle it. You go, you, you, you do that. I'm going to fix your life. I'm going to fix your <laughs> life. Mine. Yeah. Like I don't even have the word document open. Like, I, I don't even have it downloaded. Like it's just like, I'm out here raw dogging it. Yeah. Is that okay to say? I don't know. No, please, okay. please say what I, Yes. <laughs> Not me saying raw dogging on a lesbian podcast. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> 
you reference and talk about in videos hesitancy towards recovery. (laughs) Can you explain this a little more? hundred percent. Um, I'm going to open up a conversation and it's probably like, I I don't have like a period mark on it. I'm still trying to figure out like how I feel about it, but something that I'm, I've recently really been struggling with, um, in recovery is like this feeling of like, I've lost a lot of weight. Like I've lost like 160 pounds and I'm now noticing that now that weight loss is kind of like coming to a close, like I realistically can only lose so much. Like I'm starting to obsess about other things and I'm realizing that like the little part of me that wanted to lose all this weight doesn't just go away when it's lost, like it transfers. Mm -hmm. And now I'm obsessed with this idea of like getting my teeth fixed. All of a sudden I'm obsessed with this idea and not that, that, listen, anybody can make any changes to their body that they see fit, but I'm noticing that like that obsession that I have with weight loss it's like it's going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way that when I like fit like figured out my binge eating and and I haven't struggled with binge eating in a very long time, like that addiction transferred mm-hmm. in other areas of my life 100%. Like I went through like a shopping phase. I went through like a you know what I mean, that addiction, that addictive personality of needing more. Like once my binge eating was gone, like it it there were other things that became my binge eating. And mm-hmm. now I'm noticing this transfer that's like really freaking me out of like, at what point do I stop? At what point am I happy? At what point do I look at myself and think that's enough, you know? And like, I've never reached that. And so I don't know. And, and I think I'm scared. I'm scared of not only recovery, cause I don't know what that looks like, but I'm also scared of continuing down this journey, reaching whatever the fuck. And I hate the idea of a goal weight and that's not what's in my brain. But when I was really, really struggling, like the idea of reaching this like pinnacle Hmm. smallness or like whatever the fuck it is in my brain because I was taught that that's desirable when does it stop and like when am I satisfied and so that's kind of been my 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 question for myself like if I don't stop now then when you know Hmm. and I am actively putting like barriers in places that like, no, I'm not going to get my teeth fixed because Mm. I, and I can eventually if I want to, but when I'm feeling this hunger, when I'm feeling this, like, we're not going to do it out of that. That's not going to be the reason. Like the motives. The motives. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, yeah, it's been very interesting. And especially being in the like public eye Mm -hmm. or whatever, like people just have opinions Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's very confusing. I have had a lot of plastic surgery. Mm -hmm. I had uh, a quadruple D boob job. I used to, and I have had liposuction in almost every area of my body. Yeah. I've had a BBL. I mean, I've had it all. And I feel what you're saying. Yeah. Because it is this obsession of like, okay, but I know you see this, but like, but I see this. And if I just fix this one thing. And now I've corrected that boob job. I've had to have two surgeries since. I hear you. Yeah. To make that go away. Yeah. I have numbness everywhere that I've had lipo. I can't feel my nipples. It's like, so now, but let me tell you this. I'm still going. I, I'm going to get lasers on my skin in December because I yeah. can't. There, it's I always yeah. something. Yep. And I let me know the answer when you start to I, figure and I, this and out. I don't know if I'm ever going to find it. No, I get, yeah. I hear you. Like I got um, skin removal surgery and um, um, a uh, lift is it called. Yes. Reduction. A booba lift. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm still actively upset that I cannot feel my stomach. Like there's just like, and I, I get it. I, it's just, but again, it's the fucking Krispy Kreme situation mm-hmm. where we're self-aware mm-hmm. to see it. And it's just like, I still want to do it. I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. No, but I hear you. But like, here's the thing. There's like, a. Di- I think now I'm quite, uh, it's more my motivation behind it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't doubt that eventually I'll get my teeth fixed. Like I don't, but I don't want it to be because I don't like my teeth now. I want it to be because I'm ready for that or that, you know, like it, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't want it to, to come from a self-hatred thing. Ah. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's, it, and, and it's, it's fucking impossible. It's impossible to be 
Human. Human. It's fucking impossible. <laughs> and it's like the the crazy thing though too is that like my friends will like choose to make choices like that, like getting plastic surgery. I'm like, slay queen. Yeah. Like if that is how you feel best, do it. Yeah. But I just feel like I need a minute mm-hmm. to find homeostasis where I'm at right now because I already don't recognize myself mm-hmm. at all. And like the things that are grounding me are my small baby teeth. Like the things that are grounding me right now are just the things about myself that I that I thought were like ugly or like mm-hmm. not desirable or that people make comments about. It's super interesting now that I've lost all these this weight, like those things are really like the only things that I recognize about myself. And now I'm finding like a lot of peace in them, you know, mm-hmm. that like, and I, and I want to be able to be somebody that loves themselves with baby teeth. I want to be somebody that loves himself with, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's weird. I don't even know. And it's very strange for me as a songwriter to be having a conversation where I don't know the conclusion. Yeah. Cause I love conclusions. My God, I love a turn of phrase. I love <laughs> ending something, wrapping it up in a bow and being like, yeah, bitch, I'm smart as fuck. So for me to like say that and not know, I don't know. I don't know the right way. I don't know how to fix it. And wow. maybe it's just something that we, we, it's our thing. Yeah. Maybe it's just our thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I do think that, like, yeah. I think this, whatever this is, even as I've kind of overcome some of the binge eating stuff. I think that will always be my impulse Mm -hmm. when I'm not right with myself. I know it because I'm eating fast and I'm, and I'm searching for food. It's Mm -hmm. like, there's something wrong. My equilibrium is off because I will hound down a meal and I'll still be searching for food. Now it's like my gauge of kind of where I am. So I do think it will always kind of be this underlying struggle. Yeah. But it is interesting to hear someone else voice. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. struggle goes elsewhere, it bitch. It goes elsewhere. <laughs> no, there's so many things. Like, there's so many things that your addiction can transfer to. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I went through, like, a dating, like, binge thing where, like, I was, like, I'm going to go on dates all the time. And, like, that was, like, because I was trying not to binge eat. And I was, like, I'm just going to go on a first date, like, four <laughs> days out of the week. What the fuck? <laughs> The fuck, literally people talk to me about worst first dates. I'm like, dude, I literally, I, it's, yeah. What's the worst one you've been on? Oh, there was one where one asked if he could bring his brother. For what reason? Would you bring your brother? He said, can my brother come along? And I literally said, no, (laughs) that's fucking weird. Good for you for having boundaries. Yeah, it's giving boundaries. (laughs) But knowing myself, I'm actually super proud of myself at that time because my ass, like the people pleaser in me would have been like, yeah, absolutely. I'll bring my sis. Like, no worries. Like, my God, he wants me to meet the family already? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The first dates, especially specifically with men, I like think about my first kiss with a man. So maybe this is a moment where like I knew that I was queer. Y'all, my first kiss, okay? 22 years old. I want you to be in this with me. You know, like really imagine yourself in this, okay? Mm -hmm. You're in the car. This man's clearly wanting to kiss me. I'm having a fucking heart attack. Uh, there are about 16 things on my list that I would rather do than kiss this man at this mm. moment, right? But at this point, I'm 22, right? And it's time to get it over with, yeah. which, you know, it's it, let's rip the Band-Aid off, babe. Mm-hmm. You know, like at, at this point, I started listening to secular music. All bets were off. Like I'm having my fucking first kiss, okay? <laughs> I kept my puffer jacket on and I, we got in the car. I knew he was going to kiss me. I buckled my seatbelt. <laughs> Me and my puffer jacket, seatbelt, turn the car on. I'm hoping this fucker's getting out at this point. Like, at this point, like, I'm ready to go. I know this bitch wants to kiss me. We kiss, and I literally went, aw, afterwards. Oh, no, not yeah, aw. Yeah, verbally. I said, aw. Um, and if that man is listening, I, I honestly hope he hears my songs sometimes, and I really hope that he hears how gay I am. Yes. It wasn't you. It wasn't you. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So that was my first kiss with a man. And I still think about him. <laughs> I like still one hope of those he's doing moments well. that haunt yeah, you. Like. Absolutely. So crazy. So how do you think all of the struggles with body image and your weight affected your awareness of your being queer? I think about this a lot. Actually, I I genuinely feel like I would not have come out of the closet had it not have been for Fat Funny Friend and that community. I remember when I first posted Fat Funny Friend, a majority of the reason that I had posted it then was because I was on that weight loss journey. And my 
publisher at the time was basically like, this is a really important song. And I was like, I'm going to put it on the internet. I'm going to put one little video of it. And then I'm going to move on from it because I know that I can post it now, but it's not going to be in good taste if I lose more weight. And then I post Fat Funny Mm. Friend. Like, and now I've realized like that community has been so good for me in the way of like showing me that once you are the Fat Funny Friend, like you'll always be the Fat Funny Friend. And so to be so afraid of putting a song like that and then having the reaction that I did I think it just like opened me up to like a new community and Mm -hmm. like a community of people that like really loved me and I should have been friends with in high school. Like those are the Mm -hmm. people that I should have surrounded myself with. That for me, I was like, well, shit, like if there's a community for this and I'm, you know, kissing my best friend secretly and like I know this part of my identity, like I just knew that there was going to be a community that was going to find it. And Mm -hmm. so I remember like posting, you might not like her. And just the queer community just, like, it felt like a fucking warm hug. I will forever remember it. I also remember my mother and I. Um, I had told her that I was queer, that I was going to come out for this EP. <sighs> my sweet little mom. <laughs> so much. Rough coming out the first mm-hmm. time, mostly because now looking back, my mom very much, like, it wasn't that she was upset that I was queer. I think that she was upset that there was a part of me that I didn't share with her. Mm. And it felt like she should have been able to clock it. Like to her, it was like, oh no, because you're my daughter and we've been this close for as long as we have been. There's a part of you that I don't know about. Like that can't be true. Mm -hmm. That can't be true that you, like you're my best friend. Like I would know. I know you so well. And that was really difficult for her. And I misread it as Mm. not being down with the gays. And so I remember I came home and when we had finally, like she really realized the full, like, the seriousness in my tone of like, no mom, like I'm queer for my birthday. I came home and I literally remember riding in Isaac's car, my friend from Boise. And I told him, I was like, I have a bad feeling about what I am walking into in my home. I can't explain it. I literally don't know why I have this weird feeling in my heart. I walked in and the amount of rainbow shit (laughs) that was in my mother's house, like a balloon, like, Here's the thing. It was like kind of borderline homophobic how ally it was. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I was like, mom, I love you. I get it. Like I totally hear you. But also, and she swears to this day, like literally swears to this day that it was the only option. That was the, uh, was the only decorative thing. I'm like, really? In Boise, Idaho, you like the only thing was ally shit is crazy, mom. Like, she literally will die on this hill still to this day. She's like, it, it was that of zebra. Like, it had nothing zebra. to do. Had nothing to do with the gay thing. I'm like, mom, don't even. I literally don't believe you. But so fucking funny. But yeah, I I feel like um, a lot of the body stuff, like especially, you know, we talked about the church, like being raised in purity culture. Didn't start my clock for reasons such as like wanting to be pure. And then I think that when I gained all the weight, I just was so like insecure and didn't really put myself out there because Mm -hmm. I was receiving so much ridicule for my body that like, I just, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of experience. And then when I was like, after that first kiss with my guy (laughs) in in my puffer jacket, I think I really went like something is not right here. Like something is not clicking. And, um, yeah, that kind of kickstarted me realizing that like, I was just late to the game and Mm -hmm. I think I would have figured it out at any age, but I just was too busy singing oceans by Hillsong. (laughs) Great song. And having crushes on other worship leaders that don't wear shoes. So yeah, but it is a great song. That song literally, it, it, it hits, it bangs, it does. I also used to sing in church. This makes so much sense. And I I, also tried out for American Idol. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Made it through a couple rounds. Crazy. A lot of my struggle, why I didn't, how I feel is I didn't keep singing because I was so body dysmorphic. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That I like was like, nope, I can't be seen. I'm not going to go down that road. Yeah. And so it really kept me from a lot of what I feel I should have been mm-hmm. doing. And so now I feel the same yeah. way. Like I, mine's kind of in the reverse coming out 
was something that really helped me heal my body issues mm. because it was something that I turned inward for the right. first time and, and started looking at my wants and needs yes. and my desires. And mm-hmm. I said, okay, well, I can love this part of me. Other people love this yes. part of me. And it was really healing for, for no, my eating issues. So yes. same, but just in the reverse. And mm-hmm. now, but now it's this unraveling and I'm like, fuck, I'm doing all the wrong things. I should be, you know, I should be. It's not too late. I'm yeah. sure there's some, you know, ultimate plan and it's fine. Yes. But it is interesting how everything is weaved yeah. together and and um, one kind of sparks the other to to heal. Exactly. Do you know what I heard something recently that like really changed my perspective? Cause I definitely live in like regret of like, Oh, what if? Mm-hmm. And I've, I feel like I've gone through a lot in the past two years of like, Oh, like what if I had done this, this, this differently or whatever. But some, something that my mom said a couple weeks ago, she was like, just because it would have been different doesn't mean it would have been better. Mm. And that has like helped me find a lot of peace and like where I'm at, like, look at the life that you've built. Yeah. Like you've done great, but all right. Tell me about your first girl. Oh my God. <laughs> it's eight ball girl, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, I feel like your first like experience with a girl is like way more dramatic than it needs to be. A thousand percent. Uh-huh. Like I've like actually experienced heartbreak now and I'm like really, that was <laughs> lovey. <laughs> that was child's play. <laughs> that was a crush. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like crazy to look back. The amount of emotions that I felt for maybe a three-week situation ship is unreal it was three weeks uh-huh. oh my god i, I want to talk about three it. years oh it's giving i've been in love with her <laughs> yes. my entire life babes. Yes. it's giving long lost lover no it's no honestly actually, it's giving lesbian <laughs> yeah it's giving you haul babes yeah. yeah and now we're like really good friends and laugh about oh, it cute. so yeah no it was it, i i remember like at the time so funny I mean like I had like kissed a couple girls but I was very much like I was a girl you didn't want to be friends with I was like no like I just kiss girls when I'm drunk Mm. (laughs) Uh, but you only kiss girls when you're drunk and that is where the gay shit comes in you know what I mean it's not a little fun thing it's like a no like you exclusively kiss girls so um but I remember with her we we had always had like a flirty vibe and I had like kind of always felt that um and I just, now looking back at our friendship, like it was always crush based, mm. at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, um, ended up hooking up and we both were laughing. I remember us both like questioning, like, does that make us gay? <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. We both were very much like, oh, like we're just like bi girls being bi. <laughs> like, it's just like silly. Um, and it ended up being actually like kind of a, a heartbreak. Yeah. Cause I think that first girl that you're with, like. It just like fucks you up. Mm-hmm. It really does. And mm-hmm. um, she wasn't ready to come out. And that was just devastating for me. Oh yeah. my God. Like you don't know in three weeks. That's crazy. Like <laughs> hurry up. Like you don't want to tell your parents. That's insanity. No, but now I look back. I'm like, girl, take all the time you need. Like do not. It's so funny. But I have a lot of respect for her. And yeah. Were funny. you out after that? Like you yeah. switch the apps, you, everything I, was, I did. Okay. Yeah. Full I, send. Well, I mostly, so I remember I, I technically like came out to my parents for her, okay. um, because I like was delusional and like, was like, Oh yeah, like we're in love. <laughs> um, and so I came out and I came out for the EP too. Like it was like all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really ready to be like out and gay and queer and have like my binge year of, I feel like when you come out, it's like, it's just all gay all the time. Yeah. Like, do you have any other personality trait? No, literally no. Exclusively <laughs> being gay. I'm still like that. No, <laughs> look at, look at what I'm we're doing. Same. It's never gone away. No, literally. I am true. No. Do you know what the other day I was playing a game with my family? Oh my God. And I, there, so have you ever played fishbowl? No. Okay. So basically like pull the name out. Okay. You like pull something and it's like a, a verb or a noun or anything. And then you have to like, everybody has to guess it kind of thing. So they pulled it out and it was my name and they go, they pointed at me and my whole family screams queer. <laughs> like I'm like that it, over my name. That's good branding. Great. Thank you. I said, <laughs> yeah, you know what? My parents naming me worked hard, but my managers are working hard. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> crazy but yeah uh, so where do you stand today with your mm. queerness with your body how are you feeling Ooh, 
um, I think right now, like with my queerness, it's been really interesting to really be quite like disinterested in dating right mm. now um, and finding like solace in growing and, and, and yeah, just trying to figure myself out. I mean, I think sexuality is so interesting for me because I think that I had lost a bunch of weight, was not really like sure of who I was as a human being. Um, and then like my queerness was kind of like a North star for me a little bit there mm-hmm. for a minute. Like it really, like it get, it did give me a lot of peace to like, okay, I know this one thing about mm-hmm. myself. Like I know I'm so sure about this. And um, it's been really interesting to like f- also kind of go through a phase and, and I don't know if it's because I'm like going through a heartbreak or what, but like where I'm finding that it's more fluid than I really thought that it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and just trying to navigate that and what that means for my identity and how much of it is what I was raised in the church and stuff that like that, like need to please men and all those kinds of things. It's been very interesting. It's just a s- fucking charcuterie board of, 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 <laughs> of weirdness and I'm I'm really trying to figure it out and and giving myself a lot of space and and grace to figure it out um the body stuff is is really the same I think I'm learning to have grace for myself and also like I'm really trying to find that limit of like when is enough and Mm -hmm. wondering had I have started taking care of myself and loving myself emotionally and doing the work internally and put as much effort as I did into that as I have losing weight and changing myself. Like I wonder where I would be Mm. and I'm starting to do that now and really work on that. So it's been a weird, it's very much a growth phase of my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a lot of, um, troubleshooting. Mm -hmm. It's like you, overcorrect because I did yeah. the same thing you come out and then you're like I am so gay I'm, I'm so fucking gay, so gay. Yeah, you yeah, know so and then yeah. and then you get to a point where you're like okay but hold on now I've built this entire identity on being gay yeah the world knows I am so gay mm-hmm. but like am I actually so gay yeah and it's like important to ha- keep having those conversations, conversations with yourself yeah. I usually do always land on yes I am still so gay it's never landed <laughs> anywhere else yes. and I will tell you that and I'll let you know if it ever does. And I hear you. Yeah. Yes. But important to check in with yourself and with the body stuff. Just like yeah. always checking in. Presence. It's a yeah. presence practice with yourself of like, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Recently, the they thems kind of have me. I'm like, my heart is just like, I'm, there's just, I've been talking to a non-binary human who is really, we've talked a lot about like sexuality and like, they've really taught me a lot about how fluid it is and how it is totally okay to feel one way Mm. one day and not feel it the next. And like, that is very weird for me being Mm -hmm. raised in the church. Mm -hmm. But how beautiful that we get this exposure living here. Oh, a hundred to be able to even open our minds a little bit because a lot of people don't ever get that. So yeah, it's not all black and white. Like we, I was raised to be a very black and white thinker Mm. and like, that's miserable. Mm. I have never found peace in black and white. But how interesting also that like binge eating is so black and white. Oh, yeah. And it's like learning to live in that, like the gray. Yeah. That is so uncomfortable. And there will be donuts later. You know what I mean? Like there there will be. be, We're going to have some donuts donuts right after this. Can we act? (laughs) Just making sure. I just feel like like that's not something to joke around about. I want to go ahead and just clarify that. You know what I mean? Because I will be thinking about those. Yeah, it's been it's been really interesting to just find peace. And I honestly, here's the thing. I came out and then I was like exploring a little bit, but then I like got into a really serious relationship. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time that I've really been in like an exploring phase. And that'll just like, what the fuck? I love it. I'm here for it. I can't wait to hear all about it. Oh, (laughs) that is a crazy thing to say. It's wild out there. The apps. Yeah. I guess it's like easy for me to say from like... Secure very secure. Yeah, no, literally. Like, let me no, hear about like, you hear about it. No, literally. It's giving can I bring my brother? And like it's like, but like queer edition. It's like, can I bring my ex? Oh. You know what oh, I mean? It's God. crazy. No. Oh. And like I thought, here's the thing. I really thought that I was gonna avoid like the t- this is I hope this is okay to say. I I feel like I thought I was gonna like avoid like the toxicity of men by like oh. nodding. Uh-uh. Mm. It's it's in a different font. Mm-hmm. It's 
it's in therapy and still is toxic. Yes. You know? Which is a whole other Which level. Is a whole other level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you're just now you're just spending eight hundred dollars a month and you're still talking to your ex. That's crazy behavior. I don't even want to yeah. talk about masks. I can't even get on that topic. I can't. So that's for another episode. That's literally. for another fucking episode. God damn. Uh, uh, crazy. What advice would you give to someone who has chronically struggled with body image? I kind of said it before, but one of my biggest regrets and part of the reason that I don't advocate for weight loss is that like, I think that there is something really beautiful about taking all of the energy that I have spent over the years, like trying to lose weight or to reject the body that I have right now and have had like into loving it. And I, I just, as somebody who has lost 160 pounds and has done the thing that like, I think a lot of people with eating disorder, disorder, sorry, aspire to do, like I'm still as miserable Mm. in my body as I was before. And I think that it never was about my body to begin with. Like it just never was. And I think that me figuring that out now feels like I was gypped from seven years of my life because it took me getting to where I thought I wanted to be to realize that like I'm still unhappy. And um, the amount of work that I'm about to have to put into in this body to love myself would have been the same amount of work had I just started seven years ago. And mm-hmm. like it just, it was never about my body. And I think that my biggest advice is to realize that now before you make life altering decisions to, to, to be a version of yourself that you could be at any size, any body. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing that. It's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. We take advice Yay. submissions through our Love. website for everybody asking <laughs> me like having whiskey and giving life advice. Like I have I any, <laughs> any like grounds to tell people how to live their life. We're going to try. Oh, yeah, literally. Uh, All right. Hey, made it out. My name is Lauren. I'm 24 and I'm newly exploring women. I've gone on a few dates with a girl who I like, but we haven't been physical at all because the thought of being naked with a woman is giving Mm. me crippling anxiety. I know how critical I am of my own body, so I can only imagine what she might think. How do I get out of my head? I feel that so deeply. I think that the right person is going to make it easy. And even if it isn't easy, I think that it's going to get easier. And I think that if you really like that human and they really like you. And that's like a next step. I think that there is beauty in allowing yourself to be uncomfortable and allowing someone to comfort you, Mm -hmm. you know? And also there's such beauty in, I usually put myself in like their shoes, Mm -hmm. like when I'm feeling insecure like that, where like the amount of like times where I've like been with a woman and like her body is so different than mine. And like the way that I have appreciated that, like oftentimes like I I try to reverse it and I think what would somebody think of me Mm -hmm. and like if it is a person that is deserving of your time and of your body then they're going to view you exactly the way that you would view yourself in reverse Mm -hmm. and I think that that has really helped me in a lot of times of like god I would feel so lucky and like if it's the right person and they are deserving then that's how they're going to make you feel too you know Mm -hmm. I love it Maddie is going on tour we're going to come see yeah. you in March. Oh, March 14th. Are we going out after? And I'll like, yes, of course we are. <laughs> Amazing. But yeah. please tell us about your tour so everybody else can come and see you. Oh my God. I love tour. It is my favorite thing about music other than the writing process. Um, my tour is just like a fucking safe place. Like for my favorite thing of being an artist is like, especially because my EP like talks about five really important things like body, image, religion, all that kind of stuff. So when I meet somebody that knows my music, my favorite thing is to like try and guess which trauma category they fall <laughs> And like on tour, it's all of us. It's all of us trauma girlies crying together, singing gay bops. It's gay church. It's time to shit on your ex. Like it is so fun. And I genuinely, it is, it's like church if church was like safe. 
as what it. it feels like. I can't wait. Oh, we're gonna. We'll have so link um, your website in the show notes Done. so that everybody can get tickets. So excited, and we will be there. So fun. I'm so excited. This was so fun. I know. I love this. This was so good. Okay, we play a game. Okay. It's called You Haul or You Ghost. Okay. All right. Oh, God. Still talks to her ex's family. Oh, you ghost. Yeah? Yeah. I'm kind of on the same page with this one. Especially family. That's given you're hoping for something, babes. Yeah, That's, you go deep. You go deep. <laughs> Yeah, I, like the ex is one thing. I mean, like still ghost, but yeah. like family. Thank you. Next. I agree. Good. Thanks. She only watches cartoons. Like only exclusively? Exclusively cartoons. <laughs> exclusively. It's the exclusively that's throwing me off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's got to be you ghost. And I only because of the exclusively. Yeah. Nothing cartoons else. Are smart. Yeah. I enjoy them. But you watch other things. Yeah, fair. It's the exclusively that gets me. Yeah. I'm really like, I'm hell bent on that. You know? We're ghosting. I think so. Okay. Yeah. All right. She says, I love you on the third date. Oh. Love bomb. I, here's the thing. I'm like, I think that I am the perfect person to love bomb though, because I'm like, yeah, that, okay. Like, I'll love you too. I, I've, I feel like I would unfortunately you haul. <laughs> like, I oh my feel God, like I, I want to say that I would like not. But my history proves that I'd be like, that's on track. <laughs> this is, I'm used to that. Girl saying. And then, yeah, it's giving. I fall for them. Yeah. I do. Yeah. So, like, are they masked? Are they, fem- like, what's the, like, you know what I mean? Like, are they, like, do they also kind of treat me bad? Like- <laughs> okay. She lied about her age on the apps and is, like, way older. Actually, maybe not way older. Maybe it's just, like, Ooh. two years older. I'm okay with that. Really? I mean... Now I'm wondering if I shouldn't be, but like, <laughs> Sorry. it's better than younger, like two years older. It's giving like, I love a confident bitch. Like, but it's, to me, it's giving not confident. Okay. I hear you. To me, it's giving like, why did you lie about your age? Be proud that you're two years, two years. Like did the app like not update? Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, I love that about you. You're very forgiving. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. There might be circumstances. Fair. But I guess I can see how it's a red flag. Like cartoons really throw, like, threw me off. But like <laughs> lying about their age online. I'm like, you know, I can fix it's it. Fine. It's fine. <laughs> beige flag. Yeah, beige flag. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it would you all probably. All right. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so Thank you much. We've been me. drinking whiskey for the past <laughs> hour. Because Maddie's insane. <laughs> last cheers do you have anything else to add Mm. to say no pressure the whiskey and donuts all right yeah (laughs) eat the fucking fucking donuts stop crying in the Krispy Kreme you bitch thank you guys for listening to today's episode you can find our guest at Maddie Zom our show at Made It Out Podcast and me at Mal Glowinky This episode was produced and edited by Matilda Jordan and worked on solely by lesbians. And as always, please help us spread the gay agenda by writing us a review on Apple, rating us on Spotify, and sharing with every single person you know. Apologies, Brad. Your penis is beautiful. (laughs) But I'm a lesbian. This, this, I actually say this all the time. (laughs) I've said this before. (laughs) 